As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Hello, and welcome back to the Earth Keepers podcast. We're deep into season two, where we've been talking all about reclaiming sacred plant partnerships in our modern lives. So if you're just starting with this episode, be sure to go listen to the other ones after this one. You don't have to listen to the episodes in order. However, you will find that as the season continues that each one builds on the last. Now, at the beginning of the season, we focused more on what happened in the past to bring us to this place in our collective consciousness where we no longer have deep personal relationships with the plants in our environment. And last week, we shifted into the present to discuss some of the ways our current culture is out of balance with plants and how we can start finding plant allies that want to work with us. In today's episode, I have an awesome guest to share with you who is deeply connected to the plant realm and often works with the spirits of the plants in her meditations and dreams. Marcy Moberg is an intuitive soul guide, a shadow worker, and a plant spirit teacher. She and I connected a year or so ago in a business group and quickly bonded over our love for the plant and fungi kingdoms. In fact, she's the one that recommended I read the Witches and Pagans book that I shared a few episodes back. She has a passion for reconnecting sensitive souls to their intuitive nature and belonging to the animate earth. Her work includes mentoring individuals and groups, drawing from a rich fusion of ancient and modern approaches, including plant and fungi spirit medicine, dream work, ancestral lineage healing, shadow integration, somatic approaches to trauma resolution, life coaching, mindfulness, and sacred ritual. She teaches plant spirit classes through her Patreon and is the teacher of Intuition Unlocked, a life-changing course on practical intuition development. Of course, I will link all of the ways you can connect with Marcy in the show notes, including her Patreon and her podcast, Tune In with Marcy. Now, one quick note on this episode is that in the first few minutes of our discussion, we talk about things like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and leprechauns in a way that you might want to have a heads up about if you're listening somewhere with kids nearby, if you know what I mean. Now, before we jump into this discussion, let me just share that if you're feeling called into an even deeper relationship with our allies here on planet Earth, I would love to have you join me in the Earth Tenders Academy. Reclaiming our ancient ancestral connection with this planet and the spirits of the land and learning to speak their language can bring such a richness to our day-to-day experience here on Earth. If you want to learn more about the history and energy of the community that you live in, hold space for the healing of humanity and nature, remember more about your specific gifts and role here on the Earth, and see the true magic held in your everyday environment. 
I invite you to step into this portal with me and hundreds of other earth tenders from around the world. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy and join our beautiful community. And now, here is my conversation with Marcy Milberg. All right. Well, welcome, Marcy, to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so excited to have you join us. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. And I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we are going to talk all about plants and really, um, you know, your intuitive connection with plants. You know, I think we have so many um, connections with plants in the physical just because we live with them and they're in our environment and whether we garden or have houseplants or, you know, whatever the case may be, we're very accustomed to um, kind of the physical properties of having plants in our lives. But I want to talk today more about some of those energetic qualities of having plants in our lives. And I was hoping you could start with just telling me a little bit about what are your earliest memories that have to do with plants? Oh, I love this question. Um, I think probably some of my earliest memories that have to do with plants is in my first childhood home where I grew up, there was like a big evergreen out front. And that tree was, I kind of feel like that tree was almost like a, like a elder to me. And I spent a lot of time just climbing in it and sitting in its branches and I don't know. I had just like a lot of affection towards that plant and that tree rather, you know? And so I used to spend a lot of time climbing in it, uh, speaking to them and just kind of like, that's like my, my happy place that I would go when I was feeling sad. I feel like almost like that plant took on the role of like holding me during difficult times. So that's one of them. And then when we moved, I think I didn't connect the dots at the time, but I think part of maybe why I was upset about when we moved home. So I was like, hey, my tree, <laughs> you're making me leave my tree, <laughs> um, you know, because it's like literally right outside my front door. So uh, that when we moved to this, new, the, you know, the second home that I lived in, I just, it was a very different landscape. The first home I lived in had woods behind it. And so it was more like kind of like woodsy forest environment. The second one was more like open fields. And then you could walk far, far, far. And then you could go to like a wooded forested area. And so I got to connect with different plants there. And I just remember spending a lot of time just wandering in the field and looking for, and, and feeling surprised that I could find like food plants that I didn't know, like just grew wild. Cause my grandparents always had a garden and they lived in a, in a heavily farmed area. So there was a lot of farming around them and they had beautiful gardens, but that was like my first introduction to, whoa, like food just grows. <laughs> so I found, you know, like wild blackberries and that was really interesting to me and wild carrots. And I just remember as a child finding that really fascinating that these kind of food plants were also there. So that was kind of, I think, some of my earliest memories of plants. Yeah, it's so amazing, especially the food plants. I mean, did you have somebody in your life who was introducing those plants to you in the wild or you were just discovering them? Yeah, no, nobody. <laughs> I was just like wandering. <laughs> Actually, it's like, I think about it, it's kind of, a, it's good. It's a miracle. I never like poisoned myself. I mean, I don't think I put too, I think somehow I knew berries, like, cause I just loved berries. I probably figured out that those were 
edible, but it's a good thing I didn't put anything poisonous in my mouth. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, no, I didn't have anyone kind of identifying those uh, for me at all. That's something that I've learned a lot later into, you know, like adulthood. Um, It was something that I just, I always felt this very deep connection to nature. And I just always wanted to be outside and, and with plants and with animals and trees and that kind of felt like always my home. Yeah. Did you feel like you had, you were in conscious communication with these plants when you were a kid or was it really, again, more of just the physical attributes? Yeah, I do feel like there was like a spiritual communication connection. I think in the same way that I had with animals, it was less formal than maybe it is now. And I think that that that's because when we move into, I think like as children, we, many of us kind of innately have that connection where we just naturally communicate with the, with the natural world, insects, <laughs> animals, elements, you know, trees, plants, fungi. I think we just kind of seamless, seamlessly exist like that, many of us. And then in adulthood, I kind of had to relearn how to do that in a very conscious way because I was socialized in a culture just like many of us are. I think away from that and into this idea that it was, you know, I don't know when the turning point was, but there was like a turning point clearly where I saw how I related to the natural world that many people viewed it as like make-believe, you know, Mm -hmm. and not real and like active imagination. I'm not exactly sure when that turning point was, but I recognized that there was a turning point from that. And it's not that I then decided I was going to stop communicating, but I think I think it just naturally somehow takes away some of the intimacy of that because it, it sows seeds of doubt, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. And you're right. It kind of happens in bits and pieces as we grow up. So, you know, unless there's some big moment, you know, that we remember where, you know, we're kind of pulled away or divorced from that and, and that connection, it just, it's only when you look back later that you say, Oh, where did that, that magic go? Yeah. It's so interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I heard somebody on a podcast recently talk about the story of Santa Claus as like one of the first traumas we go through like that, which I'd never connected the dots to, but that resonates very deeply with me. I think we all have some of these like experiences and that's one specifically where people are, are taught that like Santa is real. And then at a certain point in time, the adults in your life are like, never mind, it's not real. <laughs> and that's really traumatic. And, right. and like, even though that's like a cultural icon, I think it it does. It translates into our our relationship with the like enchanted magical spirit realms of life here on earth. Like just the the otherworldliness that that exists and the way that like plants in the natural world kind of I think like us are very uniquely straddling the material and the spirit world. You know, like there are some parts of the spirit world that are entirely just an energetic and spirit form. And I think that's the the cool thing about trees and plants and fungi is that they, they straddle like the spiritual and the material world at the same time, just like we do as humans with the human body and then the soul. So I think that's also an important pivot point for many of us that all of us have universally in our childhood as like a a turning point as like a significant trauma of like, Oh, that's not real. That's such a good point. And I hadn't thought about it before, but you're right. It's like a house of cards, right? And once you pull the one, 
the one card and then you're just like, well, so then none of it must exist. And yeah, you know, it really, it does. It just like, you know, demolishes that magic that, that we have and removes, you know, so many viable things from our, from our imagination or from our experiences that, that makes it a lot easier to just remove them and discount them. Yeah. And I can think of like in my own life, it's like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, leprechauns were like a big thing because I was when I was a child for some reason I was I think probably because of my my Irish ancestors my Celtic ancestors like I was super into like St. Patrick's Day and like leprechauns and fae spirits and so there was like a period of time where my parents like played into that in my house and then all of a sudden that wasn't real so there's like yeah there's just like a lot of like big moments of like that wasn't real. That wasn't real. That wasn't real. That wasn't real. And it can, I think it can teach children like to doubt themselves because, you know, the experiences that I talked about with like the tree in my front yard, that was my direct experience. But, you know, when you have adults that are like authorities in your Mm -hmm. life and they're the ones that you look up to, you know, some people say that they're, that like our parents are like the sun and the moon and they kind of shape our sky. Right. It's like when you have those two people or those, whoever is raising you, your caretakers kind of telling you what to believe instead of having it emerge from your direct experience and being able to trust yourself. Then when what you were told to believe is then told to is something you can't believe. I mean, it just really messes with you. Where do you draw the line? (laughs) Where do you draw the line? Yeah. 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 Well, what is your experience now? I mean, and as an adult and after kind of going away and coming back and, and having some of these experiences, you know, how do you experience plant communication coming to you? However, however that is. Yeah. Wow. That was interesting. My lights just turned on and off. I saw that. <laughs> They're like, get ready. They speak to you through the electricity, apparently. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Yeah. Well, I think maybe something to say, like something that might be important to name, like for those who are listening is what is a plant spirit, right? Like what is a plant spirit or fungi spirit or tree spirit? And the way that I understand that is that like us as humans, that there's like a spirit element to this material form that they have, but differently than humans, I don't have the experience that plants, trees, and fungi have egos in the same way. They Mm. have personalities. That's for sure. (laughs) But they don't have the same baggage is I guess the way I can describe it. Because of course, like us as our spirits and our souls, they have personalities. But the like baggage of like (laughs) ego-driven things that are maybe not in alignment with our highest good, plants and fungi and trees don't have that same kind of baggage. So I guess I'll just name that first. And and then how I experienced them is, well, first I came to them, I like to think say that I came to them kind of backwards in the sense that I started with kind of spontaneous experiences many years ago when I was meditating with my spirit guides. And that's kind of how I first started. Like I didn't know that they were spirit guides. I didn't know who was, I'm like, who are these? I don't know who these people are showing up to me, but <laughs> they're, I'm listening. <laughs> Um, and so that, that's how that started for me, like, was just like this opening in my meditation of getting visions in my meditations. And instead of turning them off, which I had been taught to do, like 
running them off, make your mind quiet. I rebelliously one day while I was on silent retreat decided, well, what if I don't turn them off? I don't know what this is. Um, so that kind of spontaneously led me to having like a lot of contact with the spirit world, with spirit guides, with spirit animals. And then that led me to kind of more like archetypal energies, bigger energies, like gods and goddesses and angels and those kind of bigger spirit forms. But it's so funny because all of it like eventually led me as I continued to kind of, I think, just ground down more into my body and, and kind of marry a little bit more of my human self and my spirit self through like a lot of, particularly in my case, trauma healing, then it kind of naturally started leading me back, let's say to earth away from the ethers and back to earth, in addition to having a, a Lyme diagnosis where that really forced me to have to be in my body. And then the remedy that helped me the most was plant-based. It was, a, it was a tincture that I had gotten from a naturopath. And it just, I mean, it changed my symptoms by 70%. And I feel wow. like that was like the first point of like the plant's like they've been calling me for a while, but I was like too busy with other things. <laughs> so I feel like that was the first point where the plants were like, hey, hey, come here, pay attention. <laughs> and that really like that started like, I think one thing after the other. So for me, how they speak to me now is different than like, I would say how it started and how it started is I think often how it starts for a lot of people, which is just a lot of synchronicities, you know? Mm-hmm. Just a lot of unusual synchronicities, those moments where you're like, this is not a coincidence, you know, that there's something, something here, something's like inviting me to pay attention. So that's, that's eventually how that kind of started for me. And I ended up on a retreat with an herbalist and with what I didn't know at the time, everyone was herbalists. I was going for (laughs) work on dream work because I was passionate about dreams and ancestors. But it turns out it was all herbalists. And there I was feeling like this strange person of like, well, wait a minute, I'm not an herbalist. And why am I here? And what am I doing? And that was, I think, the first like more really, really overt, direct experience I had where a plant showed up to me in meditation, like my guides had showed up to me many, 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 many years before. And so do they tend to give you messages like while you're in meditation like that, or are they coming in all kind of different forms in your awareness? All the ways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, I mean, for me, they come in in meditation. Plants come to me a lot in dreams. I have found that plants that really, really, really want to work with me often show up to me in one of two ways and or both ways which is usually they will show up to me in a dream and sometimes they'll show up to me in a dream and in physical form. Physical form meaning like somebody spontaneously gifts me a plant or somebody's like, here, I think you need this tincture for this thing you're dealing with or here's this flower essence or things like that. But I have noticed that like a lot of my big allies for me have shown up in dreams. So it hasn't, it's been more like, they find me versus me finding them. Now, there are certainly plants that I have found along the way, but I think my my most beloved partners are ones that like found me in dreams and that's how it's come that way. Like through dreams and maybe through a meditation and some comes in, well, some comes one before the other. It's kind of like, that seems to be the main way that they start to work with me. 
I love that. Now, do you find, I know you do a lot of dream work, but do you find that the plants are really direct with you in your dreams where you wake up and you know what it was they were trying to tell you, or is it much more cryptic and you kind of have to work it out in your waking time after the dream? Both and both and both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like, it, it depends on it. I guess it depends on the plant. That's what I've, I mean, I don't know why it surprised me, but I guess it kind of surprised me how, how potent and how much personality plants and fungi and trees have. And I don't know why that surprised me, but I guess, yeah, they have like their own way of that. So for example, I remember one time I had a dream where I had like a cooler of popsicles and I pulled out a popsicle and this popsicle was this like crazy purple color. I mean, like otherworldly. And I was being invited to eat it. And the plant that was connected to that was monkshood. And I immediately woke up and knew that it was like this playful, like invitation from the plant to say, hey, I want to work with you. And this plant is like one that I think a lot of people can feel intimidated by because it's poisonous. I know that's something that we talked about, like maybe we'll talk about later, but it's poisonous. It's an extremely deadly plant. So it's not one that I would literally go out and make a popsicle tea from and like eat. That's a horrible idea. But it was more like the symbology of like, I was being invited to connect with it in a very intimate way. And the way that it was extending the invitation was very friendly. I think sure. knowing my, my temperament and knowing like, oh, that would invite her to be open. There's been other dreams where other times I've had dreams with like, I for, so example, I think about Yarrow. One of the earliest dreams I had of Yarrow was I do a lot of work with ancestors and the dead. And I had a dream of a friend's ancestors where sometimes I do, you know, I think of it as like spirit work at night. Mm -hmm. um, and so like in the dream time. And so I was clearly like doing work. My spirit was doing work that night where I was helping to do some kind of ancestral healing because we were in like a very different timeline, but my friend and I were there in modern day kind of clothing. And he, you know, took me to a room. And then I found like in my hands, like Yarrow, and I instinctively knew what to do when I was like making this like kind of like tea and and like sacred um, like poultice water with it because this, the person I was tending had lots of wounds and yarrow is excellent for stopping bleeding. And sure. I didn't know that at the time. So sometimes also the plants will show up in that way where it'll not only be an invitation, but it'll be like, and also this is how we kind of work on a medicinal level. Yes. Yeah, so interesting too, because Yarrow was the one that my the, my first interaction with my ancient ancestors, they brought Yarrow. Mm -hmm. And so even though it was a plant that I was familiar with, and I also, also think it's one that translates, right? It grows in so many places. It's a really yes. good plant for our ancestors to bring forward because we know what it is. <laughs> we know where to find it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I think it's, it's so like healing. It, yeah. And it likes to, I think that plant particularly is like a, I think there are certain plants I'm learning that are like gateway plants that they mm. seem to be, they like seem to play a role in the plant kingdom where they serve as the ones that do the calling. And I think Yarrow is one of them. Love so that. many people have stories about Yarrow being like the oh, first wow. plant that they had this big connection with. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that would make sense that there's certain plants that 
we connect with because they're in our environment or we've seen it or we know it or it feels comfortable and familiar enough to us as opposed to, as you're saying, some of the others that maybe you have a feeling of, I've heard that's poisonous or I don't even know where I would find that or, you know, <laughs> it's such a... <laughs> Something like yarrow is such an easy plant to connect with. Well, depending on where you are in the world, but I know it grows in a lot, a lot of places in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it serves kind of like, I think yarrow seems to serve archetypally as like the one that lovingly guides people into more intimate relationship with the, with the plant world. And it's often for me in my work with clients, it's, it's often like one of the plants that I first start with as like one of the first entry points of like a spirit to start working with, because mm-hmm. it's a very generous plant spirit. It's very gentle. Uh, it's very receptive. It's very wise. Yeah. Compared to maybe like some other personalities that are like pretty direct, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you gotta be ready. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are pretty big, direct, like fierce, spirits and yeah. you know so yeah. yeah that's such a good point though yarrow being really kind of a healer of wounds you know mm-hmm. that it would feel almost like a gentle mm. caretaker right in that way yeah yeah definitely yeah well so then when you do have these experiences of a plant coming to you in this way and you're like okay now I'm aware it's in my awareness I know it's wanting to work with me I mean what are some of the the actual steps that you take and things that you do to start creating a relationship with this plant? Yeah. Uh, Well, there's a lot. So I'll share like a couple. And I know we talked about like when this is, is live, uh, my, my, when this episode is live, my Patreon will be live where I'm going to be teaching regular uh, monthly workshops on some of these like methods because there's just awesome. I there's so many and I realized like when I was kind of just writing them down um, earlier this year of like collecting all the ways that I connect with plants I was like whoa this is like a lot of this is a lot so I need to just <laughs> I was like this is like I think at first I was thinking for myself like oh I'll just do one like podcast episode on this or maybe two for, in my own podcast and then I realized like <laughs> there's a lot here so. <laughs> Yeah, I can so write I don't, a book. I can create a course. I can yeah, <laughs> it was just a lot. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think like oh, there goes my lights again. They're kind You're of like yes, <laughs> a lot of spirit activity right now. There um, is. <laughs> yeah. So I think like a, a a place to start is, I mean, first just honestly saying yes to the invitation. We need to kind of consciously say yes, because plants can continue to come into our awareness, but there's a difference between having them come into our awareness and then having us say yes. Mm, yeah. Such a good point. You know? And so like when we say yes, I think that that starts to open the door for things to then deepen. And something that I'm really passionate about, I think you and I have talked about this before in our own conversations together, but Like I'm really passionate about those relationships being reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I first learned about, you know, the concept of plant spirits before I knew that they, like after I figured out, experienced them and then was like, well, this is a thing. And then learned about this actual concept. Something that really didn't land for me right was this kind of emphasis on 
almost like using the plants and mm-hmm. the fungi mm-hmm. and the trees and the green like and fungi world as like they have to give me something like I'm gonna they always have to give me messages and like yes they're super generous and they're super my experiences are super generous super loving and also like it's just kind of I think a yucky way to build relationships you wouldn't do like we wouldn't do that with humans we wouldn't be like well, I mean, at least I hope most of us wouldn't be like, what can I always get out of this? And instead would want to have this be like a, a giving and receiving relationship. So I think that's really important. So it's like saying yes, deciding that you're going to approach this from a giving and receiving relationship, recognizing that also the timing of how the relationship unfolds is going to be like a mutual thing. I've had some plants that come to me and call me and then it's like they, they'll call me, but then the relationship building is really, really long, like mm. over many, 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 many years before we start to get into like a really deep place where they start to share messages. There's almost like a courting that happens or I don't know. Yeah. Like a courting or sometimes the plant will have like a request of I need you to complete this ritual or I've had plants tell me before, like, I, I want to be planted here or, you know, I need this tending or, you know, I want to be an offering or there's a lot of different things. Sometimes they have requests or sometimes they'll tell me like, you have to heal this thing. And then like, you got to work on this thing personally, (laughs) and then we can go (laughs) to the next step. And so I think that that's like important and they can play a lot of different roles. I, th- I think really when they first come to meet us, when we have first contact, they're really there as elders, like our ancestors, ancestors. I mean, that's really what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's on us to start it from that reciprocal place in a state of just listening and saying, okay, you've called. I say, yes, I'm here. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And if people have a meditation practice, I think that's the simplest place to start that of like, I'm here, I'm listening, you know, intending to kind of open those doors of communication and receive. But it is a very different place to listen from a place of like, you've called and I'm, I'm listening and I'm curious and I'm receptive and I'm interested in being in, in mutual reciprocal relationship with you. And I'm interested in the fact that you have, you might have requests as well that I can honor and you know, decide what to do with and vice versa versus like, I'm going to sit down and like, you're going to give me something, which is, I think, you know, kind of somehow it translates. We've gotten better in some parts of like the kind of like the herbal community of some parts of the herbal community are, are, are now starting to incorporate more of this kind of plant spirit perspective. Mm -hmm. But I still think it's coming from a place of like, what can the plants do for us? Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I think about it in terms of, you know, if we think about it in terms of of medicine, and of course, plants have so many medicines other than just physical medicine, although they have that as well. But I just think, you know, the the culture that most of us have have grown up in and have, have learned to use as medicine is just so transactional, right? And that's just you don't think twice about just, you know, popping an aspirin in your mouth as you're, you know, sitting at your desk typing away or whatever the case may be. You're not thinking about um, and you're certainly not creating a relationship with that medicine, even though you could, even even though you could with a you know pharmaceutical of some kind. But then it's 
a challenge for us then to kind of slow down sometimes and think like, oh, there's, this is a medicine that this plant can offer me um, in all kinds of different ways. And if I can't sit here quietly enough to hear from it, I won't be able to really receive the full medicine of it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I think plants are profound healers on the physical level and they have really supported my body. The places where they have had the most profound impact for me are on the emotional and spiritual levels, exactly mm-hmm. like you're talking about. And, and they have been amazing catalysts for me in, in emotional healing and in like spiritual growth. And sometimes those invitations are tough, you know, like there will be times where if you take a plant's invitation, but I think this is similar to, I think it's just kind of runs the gamut with spirit work. If you say yes to working with spirits, whether you're working with plant spirits or ancestors, whatever that is, and you're working with these elder spirits and you're agreeing to work with them, you know, in alignment with your highest good in alignment with these reciprocal relationships, they will stir things in (laughs) 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 and plants are no different but there's something i think quite i don't know like almost like very precise like a surgeon that i think plants are good at of like Mm. stirring exactly the right thing i mean just like they do like meticulously on a body level they will just gently push like you know, on a chemical level, something in the body, they'll just gently push to, to create like, you know, for example, like gently make a push to create more circulation in the body. They Mm -hmm. do something like that also on the spirit level where they might just kind of gently push. And let's say they push on a a physical level to create circulation. Maybe they start to push on an energetic level to get the energy in your body moving more. And then it moves like some of this stagnant emotional energy. And you're like, why am I irritable? Right. <laughs> why well, am I crying today? <laughs> yeah. Why am I crying today? Why am I irritable? Why did I have that really difficult dream? And I see those, you know, those are the things that I think people can miss. Those I think are the invitations from the plant to say, Hey, this is your invitation for a healing. This is your invitation for growth. Your wisdom will be born by turning towards this, not running away from it. And that's where I think they can be like these, these elders. And if we can approach them from a place of respect and a place of listening, that's where that wisdom can come in. Because so often if, and it's not to say that we can't bring our questions, because certainly I bring questions to the the plants and fungi and trees I work with all the time, but I try to be more often than not in receiving and listening mode Mm -hmm. because they, they are so much, they have just such great, like wiser wider perspective than me having like this ego that mediates my, my system as much as I have done work with it and continue to, you know, they're just able to see more from their perspective and where there's, they're kind of metaphorically standing. And so I think because of that, they may know like the wisdom we need to receive that we're just not even, I mean, it's just not even on our awareness, not even on our radar. Well, and I think about it in terms of like the eons of which they have been offering their medicine to humans, right? And like mm-hmm. no modern doctor could have the library, you know, or the encyclopedia of knowledge that, you know, one species of plant has in its wisdom. And it's just remarkable when you think about it from that perspective of like, 
you know, through all of human time in relation with this plant, what does it know about us? And what does it know about our life on earth? And how can it help us? And how could we not see it as anything other than an elder with, you know, so this much wisdom? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think like, even just like in an environmental level, how they, how plants have learned how to evolve with the changing dynamics of the environment. I mean, they have been through this planet going through like the ice ages to the post ice. I mean, like they've been through so much, so much climate changes. (laughs) They've seen it. (laughs) They have seen it. They have adapted and it's like, and yet they still grow and yet they still pop up in places. And, and, and sometimes they're missed. It's like, really, I think when you start to pay attention to the plant world, I think it can it really is a, an amazing door for the magic that's in in this plane of existence because sometimes like plants will just show up and you're like I don't know how it showed up where it's <laughs> where not, did you come from <laughs> where did you come from that plant is not growing anywhere else I can see I did not plant those seeds where did you come from I'm so fascinated and and yet here you are and there's clearly like some invitation and you're like just showing up you know right, right by where I live. So yeah, I think they have a lot of interesting insight in that way. And I think that just like if you have an elder that you develop like a very deep, respectful relationship with as you grow in your wisdom, that relationship might, you might still honor them as an elder and you might also develop kind of like a friendship. And that's Mm -hmm. been my experience with a couple of plants that I've grown very close with and that I've worked with over uh, many years. There's like, now there's kind of like a like we've moved from me being the student and it's not that I won't keep learning from them because I learn from friends all the time, but it's more like now I, they feel a little bit more like just really close friends that I still respect their elder wisdom within, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you're, you're in more of a partnership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find when you're talking about, you know, those plants that just show up around your house that you haven't seen before, you know, do you find that the plants that come to you you know, either in meditation or dreams or whatever, are all plants that can show up in your physical environment? Or do you ever have an experience where you need to work with a plant on an energetic level that you don't get to experience in the physical? Yes, both. Yeah. Like the first plant meditation I had, the plant that showed up was a red opium poppy, which is not native Mm. to where I live at all. And that was like the first plant that showed up for me. So, yeah, I mean, that can be that. I think that's definitely happened to me before where plants have showed up that don't grow native to where I am, that I would have to like intentionally plant, or maybe even like would be really hard to grow. Right, right. Maybe. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the, the power and the beauty of working with plant spirits because they do transcend like geographic time and space. Yeah. And they do sometimes just like mysteriously call. I mean, I, there are, there are plenty, I'm just like, even looking out my window, like there's plenty of plants that grow around my home that I love. Some of them I see all the time, but I may not have like a super close relationship with them. Maybe that's going to be, maybe one of them is one I work with later. Maybe that's going to come to something later, you know, but, um, I think the physical time and space piece is not necessarily and not a requirement, you know, even now. So like I have one plant that I planted on my, on my land 
this year uh, in the in the winter. They like to be planted in the winter and like left with the seeds under the, the snow and then emerge in the spring. So we'll see if they come in the spring, but I've never seen them in physical reality, but we've been working together for a while because they showed up just so strongly in my dreams. Yeah, oh, that's exciting. You'll have to let them in spring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they come back up. <laughs> yeah, that'll it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're def- they're not native here at all, so we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. But they asked to be planted there, so that's why I planted them. I was like, that's okay, I, I I hear you. But yeah, it can be both. It can be both, and I think that's important to say because I think I think there is a lot of emphasis on people have to grow the plants that they have direct spirit relationship with, and I don't think that that's always the case. I do think growing plants that you have a spirit relationship with can be a really beautiful thing and brings a a different kind of layer to the practice. And also some of the ones that I have deepest connection with are also ones that I haven't grown either. So it's like both. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned it earlier, but I know you have an affinity for what, what maybe we might call poisonous plants. And so, you know, (laughs) maybe before getting into your specific relationship with them, we should talk about even the idea of poisonous plants and kind of, you know, where this came from in our consciousness and how, you know, how the plants feel about being called poisonous. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm new, I would say new to working with poisonous plants in the sense that there are other plants that I've been working with for like many, many, many years. So this is, these are like newer, newer in the sense that I've said yes in a new, in a, in a more recent time, let's say, but I have had poisonous plants showing up for me from the beginning. Like I said, you know, one of my first connections was with opium poppy, which is considered a poison because it's a narcotic. Everyone knows about opioids. Um, which are the synthetic versions of, you know, taking some of those plant compounds. So that's like, like, that was like the first plant that showed up for me, but it didn't register for me that it was a poisonous plant. And then the second plant that I did work with at the beginning was poison ivy, which is also considered poisonous because of the way that the, uh, some of the chemicals in the plant that touch your skin can sometimes create a response, an allergic response, an irritation response from too much of the, that exposure So it's funny because now I think about it and it's like, it's very obvious that that this path was calling me for, you know, from the beginning when plants started kind of really speaking to me, but I didn't connect those dots for a long time because for me, honestly, it was something I think that was in some ways was discouraged because I mean, I mean, anyone who hears the word poison, it's like scary. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Even though I was like working with poison ivy early on, I still was a little bit scared of the plant for like a long time. I think it's, it probably took me a solid several years to feel like, like not terrified of that plant in a sense, because (laughs) we have a history in my family of like having a lot of allergy to it. And I, over time developed an understanding of like, oh, I get it. Like this, this plant is communicating a certain level of respect. Mm -hmm. Of boundaries. I'd say it's a strong boundary. Uh, <laughs> yes. Boundary plant for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that was exactly what I needed to work on at the time when it showed up for me was I really needed to work on boundaries. I, I had very porous boundaries. Boundaries have been something that has been like, I would say one of the things I've been invited to master in this lifetime, because they've been mm. really hard for me. 
on mm-hmm. all levels, human relationships, you know, all the way to emotional boundaries, all the way to psychic boundaries. Like it's been the thing for me. Yeah. And you know, there's like this famous phrase from Paracelsus that like poison is in the dose, um, mm-hmm. right. which a lot of people like connect to with medicines. I mean, you can even think of just even pharmaceuticals. A lot of pharmaceuticals right. come from plant compounds and I mean, somebody could be taking a pharmaceutical that's like very supportive for their condition. And just a little bit, like I take heart medicine because I have a heart condition. If I take just like slightly too much, it will throw my system out of balance. And then that could, you know, at a certain point be poisonous to be, but on a regular basis at the right dose, it's medicine. And so these plants kind of, you know, they operate in the same way. And some of them you can't ingest like internally. Some of them you you can in smaller doses. Some of them you can work with only topically. And then some of them, it's like the best idea is to work with them on a spirit level. But that's again, the beauty of, of working with plant spirits is that with plant spirits, we can work with them, work with like the, the essence of the medicine at all levels without having to worry about the kind of the toxicology piece of like, you know, how are these plant compounds going to create a problem in my system, which honestly could happen with things that, you know, plants that are not considered quote unquote poisonous. I mean, there are some people, for example, chamomile is a very popular herb and some people are allergic to chamomile. So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting to me, even on that energetic level, how they can work with you and how you can still experience some of their effects or even, you know, on a physical level uh, or on an energetic level so that they're real. I mean, they really can share their medicine with you in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty profound. I've had a couple of experiences with plants um, that are poisonous plants and just working with them on, on a spirit level, whether it's just through sp- just like pure spirit connection and or working with a flower essence. And some of them, you know, kind of also walk the line of entheogens, like those that kind of shift can help, like they shift the body because of the way that the chemicals work in the body and on the the neurobiology of the body, they will like shift people into altered states of consciousness. And so I've had experiences before working with, you know, plant spirits that are are from some of those kind of plants. And I can think of one in particular where like, if I take the flower essence of that plant, like I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm in an altered state. Like <laughs> something's happening into my body. <laughs> there is no plant matter in that bottle at all. And, but the plant spirit is very strong and I will feel like my body will feel heavy. My body will feel tired, which is what could happen if you were to take like if you're to ingest it, it could, it's a strongly sedative plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm in like a different realm of existence and I get very strong visions. And, and it's like, when I do work with that plant, I, I, I realize like, okay, this can only happen. Like I can only connect with the spirit of this plant, like at night. And when I'm going to like, before I'm going to be going to sleep, because if I try to connect with it in the morning, I'm kind of in this weird in-between liminal space for the whole day. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I think when people start to connect with plant spirits, it's really, I think that's always really surprising to them of just 
how impactful they can be, how much you can feel things in your body, how you might feel just like, whoa, my, my heart is opening in ways that I haven't ever felt before. Wow. I'm, I'm able to access like deeper levels of tenderness inside of me that I've never been able to access before. It's, it's pretty profound just how ever present they are. And I think, you know, like you said, because of their long history with humans, I think because of that, they are very, very, very willing to work with us compared to like other spirit forms, which, you know, still want to work with us, but like, they're also doing other things. I feel like the plants are like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we forget or we don't know how our ancestors worked with some of these plants like we don't necessarily know oh this is something that you work with in your dreams or oh this is you know we kind of have to have some of these experiences Mm. for ourselves and in this modern time and see how they work and what they do and I know when I bring home kind of a new plant or a new medicine type of a thing I will sit it on my nightstand for two or three nights and just let it Mm-hmm. be there and invite it, you know, to come into my dreams or work because I feel like, you know, it kind of, it's like an introduction where we can kind of initially get to know each other, but I haven't actually, you know, taken it all the way into my physical body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, yeah, they're very willing and, and ready to work with us, whether it's plants that are not considered quote unquote poisonous or those that are poisonous. I think something to say about the poisonous plants is that my understanding now really of why they work with me makes a lot of sense because in my work, I do a lot of shadow work. I do a lot of deep work where we're really getting in touch with the deeper layers of feelings. We're addressing, you know, any leftover remnants of trauma that have been left in the body. Also, you know, ancestral trauma, ancestral healing, lineage healing, those kind of different kind of intergenerational multi multi-physical multi-dimensional kind of healing layers and i would say poisonous plants are very very they have a very strong affinity for that because they really are like even just in the lore like they're very connected to the underworld but for me the underworld like is all kind of the same fabric of it's just different different like variations of the same fabric um i don't really buy into the necessarily like that there's like an underworld and above world and 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 those kind of dynamics for me it's more of like it's just a way of our brain kind of trying to understand different forms let's say but they have this affinity with classically in the lore with the underworld and they have this affinity with the dead Mm -hmm. and And they have an affinity with death too. And they have an affinity with birth. And so if you have this affinity with death and you have this affinity with anytime you have an affinity with death, then you also have this affinity with birth. And so they're really good at like helping people through big transitions, big life changes, kind of like that snake shedding the skin kind of uh, experience in life, the reformation of identity, the, I think of like the Phoenix or like the, they're, they're really great for like dark night of the soul is like also an archetypal idea we could think of. Um, So it makes total sense now. It just took me like a while to get there. And particularly maybe some folks listening might resonate with this, but I did have like a really formative experience where you know, I had these, these early experience with two poisonous plants and nobody was really talking about poisonous plants. So I I didn't really kind of lean into that also because the word poison scared the bejeebas out of me. (laughs) Um, Who wouldn't? Um, And then 
I had this like very, very uh, profound, like angelic, almost like otherworldly dream with a poisonous plant that I had not learned about at the time and then later learned the name of. And so at that time I brought it to uh, one of my, one of the herbal teachers I was studying with at the time. And I kind of asked them about it and I said, you know, Hey, this, this plant showed up with me, like showed up for me in a dream. It was really profound. It was almost like otherworldly. It was just such a, like a very beautiful, profound experience for me. And this dream has stuck with me all this time. And I know that you mentioned like in class that it's poisonous, you know, like I'm kind of wondering like what to do with that. And, and because this one particularly had like a certain level of like poisonous, like could be, could be deadly, like could be deadly, could take you out. Yeah. <laughs> could take you out. And so I remember I asked her about this plant and, you know, she really, really discouraged me from like the plant and had all these kind of ideas about the plant being very much connected to like kind of demonic beings and like a kind of much more affiliated with the devil. And that's, you know, that's what's happened with a lot of these plants. Even some of the lore has been written from this place of like, that these plants are like maligned and that they kind of like align with these darker forces. And that's just not been my experience at all. I don't see them aligned with darker forces. I see them as like these amazing beings that are able, they're, they're not afraid of the dark. Like they're able to be in the dark, in their shadows. Like they, they own all the parts of themselves. They're able to help people navigate those pieces. And I think that if they stir anything like that in someone, it's just an invitation to heal. Uh, but unfortunately the lore and the long history of Christianity and kind of persecution and shutting down of animist perspectives and animist practices, like those layers have created a dynamic where then these, these plants have been really maligned. And then also that there's just some practitioners that I think kind of work with, you know, gnarly forces in the universe and <laughs> on purpose. And then I think that also gives them like, a bad name because then it's like continuing to be perpetuated. But my direct experience with a lot of these plants of whether they're poisonous or otherwise has, has just, just been nothing but like just so generous. And, and even when they're tough, like there's just love behind it. It's not harmful. Well, it is. It's so sad in some cases, kind of what we, what we've done to these plants, if, if nothing else, what we've done to their, to their reputation and to their healing qualities and, and abilities. And, and you just, you realize actually how difficult it was for the church to separate people from their plants, right? That like yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of years of history of working with these plants and the church just showing up and saying, stop using those plants wasn't working. <laughs> and so they really did have to demonize a lot of really what was just nature, um, and what, you know, the people had been using because they were, it was in their environment for years and years and years. And the poor plants got the bad rap in the meanwhile of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I also wonder, it's like coming to me now. I also want, you know, I have this sense that I also wonder if some of it too, maybe some of it was continued to be perpetuated also in a sense of protecting the plants and protecting mm. the connection that some people had with these plants from a very kind of magical place because if you can like deter attention and curiosity then maybe you can continue to like 
have this relationship without people interfering, I suppose, like without authorities interfering. So that, like, I feel like that's, that can be a part of it too, but it is really unfortunate. And I think the way that the relationship with those plants has played out is just like a microcosm of our relationship with the plant and fungi kind of kingdom that we've just really, I mean, we've just really severed ourselves from, from it. And it's come down to this kind of reductionist perspectives that we have where we see plants and fungi and trees as inanimate and, you know, less than human, uh, kind of on a mat, you know, mat, like larger cultural level. And as a result, then they're kind of either worthless and, or just become like demonized along the way, or they're like in our way, you know? Right. Right. Or just inert in general, you know, they're, yeah. and, and, you know, I think about it sometimes in terms of, you know, like doing a property reading, for instance, where, you know, mm. connecting with the spirits and then doing this healing work and, you know, people will report immediately afterwards, you know, just how dramatically changed things have been. And, and you think, how was that, right? Like those spirits were always there that, you know, everything was in place. What was it about, you know, stepping in and just working in conscious partnership that, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately can transform things. And so I think about that with the plants as well as, you know, we can't, yeah, we can use and abuse them and say they don't work or that they don't have, you know, magical qualities about them. But when you step into that partnership and as you say, you know, spend time listening and receiving, it can be a completely different experience. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I love the the parallels you drew there. Cause I think what I hear in your share about the property reigns is that right. Is there's like a, like a ripeness there. It's like, there's a, there's like a ripeness and like a readiness, mm-hmm. right. And then when approached like respectfully, then those spirits that you work with in property readings are like, yeah, let's do our, let's do our work. A lot of times I'm probably like waiting for that. (laughs) Waiting for a human to show up. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, I think that's the thing that we forget is that there, we have free will. We have, we have personal and free will. And so as a result, like, yes, the spirit world can work with us, but when we work consciously, like it's a totally different ball game than just having them passively, like us passively experiencing that. Yeah. It's just a very different thing for, to like consciously decide to create that partnership and to create, to work with them because there's some magic that happens when like there's potentiality and then the human part comes in with potentiality and there's consent on both both sides and respect. There's like this really potent uh, relationship and power that happens just from that kind of like union. And I think even if we just, we can even think of it on like a psychological level that I really think of it as like, because I do believe that we're all, we're all consciousness and we're all like individual but also connected at the same time and separate but the same organism at the same time that when we do this work you know with plant spirits and the plant fungi we're also coming into different relationships with parts of ourselves sure oh yeah absolutely and i think you know that's the difference between you know scientists extracting the compound from a plant you know and the, trying to figure out the chemical breakdown and then 
recreating that into a pharmaceutical, which will work, you know, versus as you're saying, like all of these pieces and the actual magic that happens between a human and a plant. Yeah. And it's not all held in that chemical compound. (laughs) Yes. That's like just such a, it's like a, it's like a word in a massive book. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the compound is like a word, one single word in like a thousand page book of what I think a relationship with a plant could be and can be. And I feel like I'm just at the beginning. I mean, it'd be interesting to know like 20 years from now, what will I say? (laughs) You know, like relationships with plants are like, I'm sure it will be even, I'm sure there are even more like pages in that book that I haven't even considered yet that exist that I'm really excited to, to explore because I really do think plant spirits, fungi spirits, I mean, I think all layers of the spirit level are as rich and multi-layered and as complex as us and even further because they kind of like existing on more of kind of like almost like a like an archetypal level spirit like they just have this huge huge memory of like a wisdom inside of them so it's kind of almost like approaching one plant is like visiting a massive library when you think of just a compound is just like one word in one book of a massive library of potential of what that could be I love that so much and I just (laughs) feels like like just looking at you know any plant gives you a whole different perspective from that angle of you know what it's capable of and what wisdom it has just so beautiful and I can't wait for spring to come and things to be popping out of the ground again. <laughs> yeah, same. We we had like a million layers of snow, it felt like, and it just it just melted over the last couple of days, but I'm sure we'll have more snow before the season's up. But it's kind of, it's nice to see like, oh, there's green. And we, we were walking today around our area and we saw these big boulders that had all this moss underneath them, uh, on, on them that had been covered up by winter. And it was just this nice little peek through of like, yep, still here. Like, green still there the moss all still there me under the freeze <laughs> and the snow and the everything and it just keeps going <laughs> perfectly it green is. beautiful yeah exactly yeah it's, yes. it's pl- plants are pretty I mean yeah the plant kingdom is just really amazing I I say that you know I, I ended up focusing on this in my work in in this year because I've done so much work with other spirits up until the point when I started working with plants but working with plants and fungi, as well as, as my ancestral spirits, like those for me have just been so like the most transformative for me. They have really taught me the most of how to trust myself. They've really opened me up to new levels of like self-respect and self-love and compassion for myself and others. There's something really magical, I think, that can happen when we come into a deeper really conscious relationship on a spirit level with the green world. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, I could just keep talking for two more hours, but (laughs) uh, where can, if other people want to keep this conversation going, um, where can people get in contact with you? I know you mentioned you're starting a Patreon, so Mm. give us all the information. Yeah. You, the easiest way is to find me on my website and then that will find, you'll find me all the other pieces that way. So if you go to marcymoberg.com, that's my website, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B-E-R-G.com. 
you'll find the links there. There will be a link there by the time this episode comes out for my Patreon. Probably by the time this comes out, we'll be working on dreaming with plants, which is like combining two of my favorite things on earth. This is dream work and plant work. Um, So we'll be doing that throughout the spring months. We'll be focused on dream work and plant work and doing intentional dream practices, partnering with plants, both uh, how do you how do you work with specific plants that are aligned with the dreams and also um, this kind of question that we were talking about, about plants showing up in dreams versus you bringing a plant into a dream, different layers of that as part of the communication. So if people go to the website, they'll find the the link to Patreon there and um, and they can join my newsletter where they can get all the updates. Awesome. And of course, I'll add it to the show notes as well. So you can find and get in contact with Marcy. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. This has been such a fun conversation. And yeah, I'm excited to, to keep connecting with, with all of the plants in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me, Amy. Uh, it's always fun to sit with another another green person and most of all to sit with a friend who's a green person. I mean, we always have the best conversation. So it's fun to be able to like have a conversation and share it with other people. Um, So thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Wonderful. Thanks for being here. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.